Hello and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and former Newcastle Eagles assistant coach Dave Forrester with you, capping off the weekend of the British Basketball League action. We're going to go through all of the games. Now, Dave, obviously there were some cup games uh, on Wednesday night. We won't break all of those down, but not, not a great surprise to see three of the uh, teams from the group of death making it all the way through to the semifinals. No, it was quite comfortable as well. Um, I think probably the league's going to have to look at that for the future because it's not optimal that you've now got two of those teams playing each other twice again in the semi-final. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. They, they'll play, whichever of Leicester and Newcastle gets through to the final, will have played nine games to get there and four against the, the other one. But um, we'll give them a little slack because when they drew those groups up, groups up, we didn't know if Glasgow were going to be able to play, didn't know if Worcester were going to be able to play. There was a lot of plates in the air at that at that point of time. But as you say, probably not optimal for, uh, for either coach, certainly trying to come up with a new. And of course, they were awash when they played. Both both teams won by six on the opposing floor. Yeah, and the games, I mean, I was at the, the Eagles game against Bristol and uh, Bristol was significantly hampered by not having Okrafor playing. Uh, and obviously they don't have Wilshire, so they were they came up and they they played very hard, but they they struggled to create good shots. Um, and Newcastle really shot the ball extremely poorly, but with the ability that they had to finish inside, and the advantage of playing at home and getting out in transition, probably getting some cheaper baskets in transition than Bristol, um, it really wasn't a very close game. It wasn't a great game. It was a twenty-point game going into the fourth quarter. And Bristol don't quit, and they didn't. They didn't quit, and they came back. But there was never really any any question that Newcastle were going to win that game. And obviously, you had Leicester and Glasgow, and and again, I think you know Glasgow coming off an incredible win at Plymouth the Sunday before. But they, they played at Bristol, they played at Plymouth, and now they're back on the motorway and they're playing at Leicester, who are waiting for them in the quarterfinals. And um, uh, Gareth played forty-five minutes in that one in the in the Plymouth game, and I think he. Decided after a quarter of the Leicester game that that game was yeah done yeah twenty yeah. minutes in, um, so you know those two games I think were were fairly um, straightforward uh, as most of most observers would have expected. And and Plymouth doing a great job by the way. I said we wouldn't break these down, but we might as well uh, touch on that one. Plymouth doing a great job to bounce back. I think they took that momentum from the fourth quarter of the TV game the week before and. Uh, perhaps could have won that game, London pulling it out in OT. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Plymouth are just kind of going through that, that, that run at the moment. They won five out of the first six. And now they've lost a couple of close games. And then the other game that they haven't you know, been there for, and suddenly they're, they're finding where's the next win coming from. So that is tough. But no, they did play London very tough. But, you know, going to Plymouth, man, it's tough. You know, it's a tough place to win. Yeah, and great for Manchester uh, uh, getting through as the other team. We'll touch on that in a minute because we're going to talk about London and Manchester from the league game on, on Friday night. But let's start with uh, the, the, the Sky game that I was at on, on Friday. Leicester 85, Bristol 73. And one thing I think when you play Leicester is if they make a high volume of threes, you're in big, big trouble. You're going to struggle to, to keep up with them. And I thought Bristol in the first quarter did a great job of getting Leicester hot, gave them some really easy looks. Leicester six of eight for the first uh, uh, from the three-point line in that first uh, first quarter, thirty-four points, and you know you give them spot them a fifteen-point head start. It's going to be a long way back. Yeah, the thing with the thing with Leicester is that they're really meticulous offensively. They get the shots that they want, time and time and time again. 
and you have to know which where those shots are and you have to try and run guys off and you have to know who it is absolutely you're not giving you know catch and shoot jump shots to and then one gets into a rhythm and another gets into a rhythm and then the guys are go rob subs them all off after about five minutes and they go to the bench and new guys come in and if they get into a rhythm as well then by the time of the second quarter rob's got nine guys who are all in the rhythm of the game and they're making shots and and it's very very tough whereas if you can slow them down initially when he makes his first subs and the second guy slows him down and no one quite gets into a rhythm, you can kick them out of their rhythm. But um, no, they, they got into a great rhythm. They made 10 out of the first 12 threes. Um, and again, Bristol struggled with a little bit of shot creation. Um, they, they, play, they, they played at a faster pace, which I think helped them, but they had to because they were playing from behind. Um, yeah, Leicester, Leicester's not the team you want to you try and catch up. And it was one of those weird games where... In the second half, it was always sort of 12, 14 points. And you're going, well, this isn't beyond the realms of possibility, but it didn't. It was beyond the realms of probability that Leicester were going to give all of that up. Yeah, and that was the same as the game on Wednesday night in Newcastle. You know, in the, the fourth quarter was, hang on, they could make a run, but you just, you just never saw it coming. And it never came. Um, but no, I mean, Leicester are very deep, very um, methodical, very meticulous. They don't make mistakes. That's the biggest thing about them. They don't give up dumb fouls. They get back in transition every time. They get good shots for their players where they want them. Uh, and um, and now they've got nine guys. And once Fraser gets worked in properly, they're going to be a really tough team. Really tough team. And down the stretch, they put the ball in Gino uh, Crandall's hands and let him create. And he's very crafty, very difficult to keep him in, uh, keep in front of him because he can go in all sorts of different directions. He's going to need some whistles, though, I think. The way he goes to the basket, he's going to need some whistles. Well, he's, he's interesting. He's, he's an east-west guard. He, he jukes and he dances and he, you know, and he spins and, he, and he's looking for line. He's not the, kind of the north-south, the, the really fast, powerful guard. Mm. And I noticed at the end of the games, Rob's looking at playing him with Connor which allows him to kind of play off the ball a little bit because he's not necessarily suited to just bringing the basketball up the court and going, going one on two or one on three. Um, he, he picks his spots. And, but what he is, is an extremely skillful finisher around the rim and, or, or kind of 10 feet in. Um, the knock on him is, is he, if he's going to make this three, basically, because he wasn't a great three-point shooter in college. And if he is able to do that, then it's difficult to see how teams are going to be able to guard him because... As soon as you send the second guy, then you can guarantee that, you know, Nelson Henry or um, Jamel Anderson, they'll be crashing the boards and they'll be um, cleaning up on the offensive glass even if he misses. Um, but he is, it's always interesting at the beginning of the season working out who is going to be the go-to guy for teams because it, it can change. But good teams need a hierarchy pretty quickly. Mm. And I think, you know, all the guys at Leicester were saying he's our best player. So, yeah. you know, the guys know... And, and so if that, the quicker they work that out, the better. And uh, he's just going to have to do all the things that I, uh, um, baby a rookie does and mm. learn to work with the refs and learn to work with the, the schedule and learn to work with, with the coach. And, and then um, he might be their leader. Yeah, nobody, nobody read the scout report on Nelson Henry. Never missed a three in his BBL career now. Two, two for two from behind the arc. But uh, if you've got one second to go in the shot, <laughs> I, don't that shot off. I don't care whether he's never, never made one in his life. <laughs> one second, you know, you're a defender. You've got it up in front of you. 
Yeah. You know, get in his face. That should be a block shot. But anyway, yeah. So let's uh, let's move on to the to the game down in, in London, London against Manchester. And this was a real wow for me because I'm obviously doing the commentary and I thought, oh, I'll just check, see what the score is. And I look in the first quarter and Manchester, I think they were up 17 at one point. They just came out of the blocks flying. Yeah. Yeah, London, um, you know, I would say that's a surprise, but that's what happened the week before mm. against Plymouth on Sky. Um, Plymouth were up 15 or 16 in the first quarter and London clearly have a switch which they are able to hit um, the question is when they come up against um, more um, fully formed teams who've been together for longer um, whether or not that switch will be enough to get them out of trouble um, you can't, you know Manchester play up and down you know, they gave, they're giving up 90 odd points a game so in a scoring race, you'd expect London to win. And obviously, Dirk Williams produced a Dirk Williams game. Justin wasn't playing, so there was more shots to go around. Dirk made nine threes. And when Dirk gets going, you know, a hand up just isn't enough. You've got to basically either stop him touching the ball or you've got to run him off the ball and hope your help defence is going to be there so he's not going to posterise, um, you know, the helper. And I'm not sure that, Man, that the Manchester guys would have necessarily understood that. Sometimes it takes it to happen to you before you understand just how good a shooter um, you're playing against. But Manchester are, you know, they're, they're, they are the apocryphal, you know, BBL kind of talented rookie team. Mm. They're, they're up and down. They've got guys sometimes in the same quarter, sometimes in the same mm. game. Um, you look at sometimes you think their transition defence is horrible. And you look at times that you know Brady's getting every rebound and challenging every shot. Um, they have to stay together. That'll be the big thing for them if they're able to stay together as a team and as a group. They'll, they'll be competitive. They are. I think the interesting thing I, I was going to mention in the in the game they played today as well is that they seem to find the hot guy and then just ride him for as long as they can. They've got a lot of streak scorers, and actually, and and they're quite happy to defer to whoever that is at any at any one time. You talked earlier about a hierarchy. They sort of wing it almost because they've got streak scorers yeah well there's not much extra passing um, <laughs> you know, we always say you know make the extra pass make the pass but these guys are better scorers than passers mm. you know and they're comfortable so if they get the ball in their spot that's not a bad thing the difference is, you know but it's it's you know lyle hexham i think had 25 points and 15 rebounds a game before and at london he was i think almost basically scoreless yeah uh, maybe one point, one point uh, yeah. that's, that's the up and down you get with having a young team you know, they, they don't necessarily have the ability to, to um, produce this, produce it relentlessly night in, night out. Because it's not one game a week. It's two games or three games a week. And that's tough to get yourself up for. Um, but they're, they're one of those teams that they have enough scorers whereby they're going to remain in a game. Yeah. Um, the question, you know, how high it takes them will depend upon all the other little things. The defense, the transition, they're not fouling. The discipline as well. The discipline. I mean, uh, I think, do they have four technical fouls in that game? And, and that's the thing that's, that, that, that's come back. They need, to, they need to take that out of the game. Well, absolutely. And it's, it's, a, it, it's another one of those adjustment points. You know, you go down south, the referees are different. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's not good. That's not bad. That's not a criticism. It's just the, the reality of it. You have to understand that the game is called slightly differently. There's a little bit less... Um, room for um, conversation and emotion uh, and um, you may get that to you a little bit quicker and sometimes the guys don't the players don't understand that until it happens the other point I wanted to pick up on uh, um, before we moved on from a Lions perspective Ligon's three for three for 18 in the last two games which is unusual for a guy that shoots the ball 
really well. I'm, I'm assuming that's just a little blip for him. But uh, we talked all about Lions' depth and how many, uh, how many options they have, even beyond the, the 12 names on the score sheet. And yet mm. 10 points off the bench for them. And, and seven of them came from one player, Joe Ickenwin. Well, it seems a bit know, counterintuitive, doesn't it? It does, but you know, depth is every fan in the world likes their team to have a hundred players. So he's yeah. good, he's good, he's good. But there's still only two hundred minutes. Yeah, to go around, and um, it's finding the five that work together best on the court. And if you're only playing one game in three, and you're only getting a spot here and there, it becomes very difficult to to get yourself into a position where you're coherent and cohesive with the rest of the group um so you know this is why ultimately where rob is at leicester with nine guys is just about right mm. and while they're all healthy if three of them get injured then you prefer yeah. to have one but nine guys is just about right liggins i don't know he played 256 games in the nba is he going to be getting up for a friday night game in an empty gym against manchester mm. you know it, a lot of it is mental you know, we saw that in the first game they played against Plymouth on Sky. They, they weren't there for a quarter. And then Liggins said, hang on a minute. It, you know, the game starts now and, and dropped a few threes and the defense picked up and, and they were scary. Mm. And then they were scary in the third quarter and then yeah. they threw the game in the fourth quarter. So they're very up and down. They, they, they really should win any single game, but whether they're going to be able to, to win enough games to win the league, which is probably going to take 25 or 26 wins out of 30, I'm not sure. At this mm. point, I think he needs probably more consistent rotation because um, they've already got one loss. Yeah, I, I mean, as you, I think scary is the word is the word I would use as well. That second and third quarter in the in the Plymouth game the week before, you just go, wow, his team putting on thirty five points in a period, and they can just they can just do that. Without and that's trying, what... yeah, without trying, without without taking a bad shot, without someone yeah. getting really hot, just creating off their defense, just just playing at a higher level. So let's move on to uh, Newcastle Worcester then. Uh, Eagles 88, Worcester uh, 75, 28, 15, second quarter, pretty comfortable. Uh, Wolves, essentially a, a six man rotation. You've got NBA playing 40 minutes, Boutnick 39 minutes, Elan 35 minutes. They, they, they need more bodies. They haven't got them in yet. Until they get them in, they're going to struggle. It was tough watching them, to be honest, because they were disciplined. They were. Coach Bownek is clearly enjoying running the team, but it's just so hard. You know, he has to work for everything. I think he was 7 of 20, 7 of 21. He always looked in control and he ran it well. And Matthew Bryan and Jordan Williams, you know, ran down and they ran up and they have to go 94 feet every time to get from block to block. Um, but, you know, it's tough because every time they miss a shot, then, you know, there's Maxwell throwing it to Fletcher, who's throwing it to Edwards, and there's a, there's a layup at the other end and they all got to get back. So, um, Worcester are, are actually getting to that point of the season whereby the guys they have are playing really well together, but they just aren't quite enough. Mm. Um, and you know, and the problem for Matt is that he is going to Matt Newby is that when they do come in, when their extra guys do come in, he's going to then have another three or four week adjustment to them, yeah. and that's going to cost him probably. Another, it's going to be another six to eight games before he's comfortable with the way that they're playing. By that point, the trophy will probably be done as well, mm. depending on what the draw is. So they'll be playing for the playoffs then. Um, I mean, really impressed with the, the guy, really impressed with Jordan Williams, really impressed with Matthew Bryan. Yeah. Um, in, you know, you know, Matthew's got a rep as being a bit erratic at times. You know, he makes plays, he makes great plays, he gets up and down, but occasionally he throws the ball away or, 
or he doesn't quite make the right decision. Um, he was great. You know, he, he was disciplined. He was where he needed to be. He, he you know, he, you know, really playing playing to the system. And I think it's been really good for him that he's got a few games with a club in the BBL under his belt, game after game after game, where he's been healthy mm. and been coached. But um, they just don't have enough. And, and yeah. Newcastle, I think Newcastle shot five of 19 threes. I think, you know, they didn't shoot the ball well. Um, they didn't play particularly well again, to be blunt. Um, but um, they never, it was never really a game that they were going to lose. Yeah, I mean, they, as I say, Nibor, you can't have three guys essentially playing 40 minutes. They're just going to wear down at some uh, at some point. Uh, let's move on to today, the early game, uh, 2 o'clock, very early game. Yeah. Uh, Surrey against Bristol, and a big win for the, for the Flyers, winning by 20. That was a game they really, I mean, both these teams really had to have uh, have this game. And well, Flyers uh, got into a double-figure lead uh, in the second quarter and basically cruised it in from there. Uh, and, and I think the thing that impressed me the most was you got Teddy hit a couple of threes to get them up to double figures from where on. But the aggression with him, we saw him with his most points since he's joined them, double the most assists since he's joined them. He looks like the player that that, that, that team really needs whilst Wiltshire is out injured. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the shot creation they didn't have on Wednesday and he came off the bench on Friday. And probably the defence of Surrey isn't probably at the level of the defence of Newcastle or, or Leicester. And um, he did what he's meant to do. And he made shots and he may be getting a level of comfort with that with that team. And they have some athletes. You know, Lockett is a really good athlete, really capable of scoring, getting to the rim. And obviously the big guys are big and athletic and they play yeah. hard. So they've got a lot going for them, Bristol. Um, in that way and probably playing Newcastle and, and Leicester after having, having a, less, a less challenging cup group playing Newcastle Friday Leicester Newcastle Wednesday and Leicester Friday it's probably toughened them up I would think mm. um, it always can go two ways it can either lock you down or it can toughen you up it may well toughen them up um, the difficulty is Surrey you know you can't be giving up 99 points to, to, mm. to that Bristol team at home not when they've played on Wednesday and Friday you can't, you can't you're playing 10 guys yet none of them are or really making an impact the way you want them to. So do you need less guys or do you need different guys? Um, you know, Ryan Richards is having 15 minutes, minus 10. Is he a BBL centre or is he a European centre, in effect, because mm. of his size? Um, Lovell Cook's playing 10 minutes off the bench. Is that well, that, I was going to ask you that question because you've got Cook, Rickman and White coming off the bench. They all played less than 13 minutes, 6.3 points, 8 points. Uh, when this team was put together, it sort of looked like they've got a lot of scorers, but they don't score that much. And it's, I, I, no. I can't quite get my head around. And I, I, I was thinking what they're missing is uh, somebody like Hicks, but then Hicks is there now and it, it doesn't seem to have adjusted it. Even, even Hicks, Hicks is very talented. Uh, he was last time he was in the league. Obviously, he's just got, he hasn't played for nine months, so we can't judge him at the moment. No. Um, but he's, he was no, as Crandall was East West guard, Hicks yeah. is a North South guard. Yeah. He get into the rim and he might collapse defences and kick it out, but he's not somebody who's going to be looking to, um, to, to run the team in that same way. Um, the difficulty is that I think to be a solid team in the way that basketball is played nowadays, or to be a solid offensive team, to get good shots every time down, you need more than one creator. Mm. You need multiple creators. And at the moment, the guys that you mentioned there, they're guys who create for themselves primarily. Yeah. And, um, well, the two, the two teams... The two team stats that leapt out at me when I was looking at, at, at Surrey, lowest in the league in field goal uh, shooting, lowest in the league in assists. 
14 again. They had 16. 16 yeah, and those stats are linked, aren't they? I mean, they yeah. know the less, you know, whereas the less assists you, assist you get, the more one-on-one -on -one you're playing and the harder it is. Um, and that's fine if you've got seven guys and everybody knows it's their job, like you say mm -hmm. with Manchester. Um, everybody knows they're getting the ball and their job is to score. But when you, you're only playing 10 or 11 minutes, you're going to... There's a natural um, feeling within a player at that point to say, well... I've got to get my shots up, <laughs> you know. So the quality of the shot isn't the isn't the major thing. Sometimes it's getting their shots up. And you come in and you play your twelve minutes and you go, you know, three of seven or three of eight, but then you sit down and somebody else does the same. Mm. More than that, though, it's a defense. It's a defense. You can't yeah. ninety nine points at home to, to Bristol, who are um, up until this point averaging somewhere in the seventies, even, yeah. even even high sixties, and. That's an effort thing, and it's not tiredness because Bristol played three games, and it's not lack of bodies because Creon's got 10 players. They got, I think, on the boards 44 to 24. Yeah, now, Bristol are a good offensive rebounding team, but you know, that, in your own gym, that can't happen. You mm. can't be getting beaten transition and beaten on the board. So, he may that may be a team where they have to make some addition by subtraction, mm. um, and they may need to, to have less guys playing a little bit more and giving them the responsibility. Of saying this is this is your responsibility. You can't blame somebody else because I'm only played twelve minutes. It's on you. Are you gonna are you gonna be able to make um do the job for us? Because mm. they're struggling. Ninety nine points is not good. I think it was no. 50, fifty plus percent Bristol shot. That is not not a winning mentality. Not a winning. Well, that's the other stat that uh, that doesn't read very well for the Scorchers. They're second in the league in terms of opponents' field goal percentage. Well, I think Bristol shot 65% from two, 39% from three. I mean, that's, that's literally saying have any shot you want, you know, you know in reality. Or, or alternatively, they've made a, a ton of remarkably tough shots. But yeah. Bristol aren't a great tough shot-making team. They, they, they get to their spots. But if, you know, they struggle to put up, um, you know, 60 in Newcastle, I think they're 39 and three quarters. Mm. So, you know, you, you, you shouldn't be giving up that many points to that team, albeit credit to Bristol and particularly Teddy, as you say, for mm. coming out aggressive and then getting the other guys involved and, be, and playing like a, a starting level GB point guard. You know, mm. that's going to be big for them. So let's move on to, uh, to the uh, evening games tonight. Cheshire 84, Newcastle 85. I was watching this game, obviously triple boxing the, yeah. the, the thing, and I was watching it and I was like, Man, have, have Newcastle missed? And I went and checked the stats, and they hadn't missed. They made their first 10 shots of the game to, to lead 22. It took seven minutes for them uh, to miss a shot. But I almost felt like that got them too comfortable, and that after that they took some poor shots. I know they always go early, but even by their standards, a little early in the offense for them, and, and that yeah, allowed absolutely. Cheshire to come back. Absolutely. And also, you know, whilst even when Newcastle was scoring, Cheshire were still scoring. Yeah. It wasn't a situation where Newcastle was scoring off their defence. They were scoring, you know, off occasional stops, but also Cheshire was scoring. So Cheshire were getting into a rhythm as well. And when you get into that situation, yeah, it is. I mean, the first, I think the first four minutes, Fletcher had five assists. And he was just throwing mm. the ball anywhere and again, dunks and threes and whatever. But that can lead you to getting comfortable. Mm. And um, Newcastle still have some issues with their rotation. They've got to kind of figure it out. They lost Fluger for three weeks around the GB break with a concussion and a knee injury, and, and he's only just really coming back. Um, they've got seven guys, and then you also have kind of Lasker and Matthew and Sayers. So there's a little bit of duplication there, and, and, and Ian has to work out, I think, 
exactly the best time to use all of them. Um, and so that can cause some issues when the, when the bench comes in. And Cheshire were playing with, again, the, with, with the six players, basically. Mm. Uh, and because they were down, I think Sorrells Tyson wasn't playing. And he, they kept going. And if Ross had actually made probably a few more shots, that game was there for them. Mm. Lowe had 30 and rebound the ball very well. Um, but, you know, Gordon's credit to him. He stepped up on his birthday and made two foul mm. shots with um, five seconds to go. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. That game comes down to two plays. One at either end, a foul with, with five seconds to go up one. And, and then what they did at, at the other end of the floor offensively, obviously, whatever was drawn up in the, in the, in the timeout seemed to be get it inside to the big fella, which, which makes sense when he's got 30 well, points. They, they if... to, yeah, they, they threw it to um, They ran a, a play to get it to Ross in the corner. Yeah. And Ross was comfortable in the corner. Yeah. Um, what, off, off a screen from um, Hayes to kind of have Ross and Hayes on the same side. Um, but what Newcastle did was Edwards was guarding the ball on the inbounds. And when they threw it to Ross in the corner, Edwards immediately switched onto the corner man. And he was on the top side of the corner man, which meant all Ross could do was go at the baseline, where obviously Hayes' man is stood there. So that he kind of dribbled into a little bit of a trap. And all he could then do was to throw a lob. And after that, it was anybody's, anybody's ball. So, so Newcastle, by switching the inbounds, they, they blew that up quite well. Um, little things like that make, it, you know, make a significant difference. But that was a critical game for Newcastle because mm. the difference between being you know, three and two with two losses not, which not coming against Leicester or London um, and four and one with Glasgow and Manchester to come next week is a massive one. You know, the mm. first 10 games are so important. And if you've lost, if you're anything worse than seven and three after the first 10, you're not going to win the league. Mm. Or history would say you're not going to win yeah. the league. Well, that was an absolutely massive win. Um, Cheshire, I think, are going to be a tough out at that, mm. in that gym specifically because they got two guards in the game and they got, you know, a, a couple of big guys who are going to finish. So um, their season will possibly come down to health and depth. Mm. Though, as you say, those are the games that historically uh, Newcastle win in that in that yeah, situation. Well, they find a way. Get, you know, it's about getting the stop. You have yeah. to get the stop. Ultimately, you know, the team that um, wins the league, and you see it historically Newcastle win. But I would go as far as saying historically, whoever wins the league wins. The yeah, league. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you know, Leicester have done the same. London have done the same. It's coming out. You know, the difference in. The difference between 22 and 8 and 25 and 5 can be three possessions. Yeah. You know, yeah, and- it's, it's interesting because we touched on London earlier and, and, and they've been a bit matrix in the last couple of weeks, dodging bullets left and right. And, and, and actually, there's part of you go, well, this team isn't as dominant as we thought. But then, actually, those are the games that the league champions do win, yeah, and even if they're not at their best. Yeah, well, it's... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's the ability to win games when you're not shooting the ball well. Mm. You know that that is it. You know that you know you cannot play 30 games all over the country and shoot the ball well in every game. You know they have the ability to to win scrappy games, to win ugly games. Um, that is the difference between yeah, 25 and five, and 20 and 10, and 25 and five might win you the league, and 20 and 10 might get you fourth place. Yeah. You know? So let's uh, let's move it on to to. Uh... Glasgow Sheffield, uh, 78-96, uh, the Sharks took it. No Quaddy uh, for the Rocks. Uh, we talked about we talked about Worcester being shorthanded. Uh, Glasgow 
didn't have very much in the first place. They lose a player out of that. They've got even even less help is allegedly on the way, according to Mark Woods on uh, on Twitter. Um, but but that's you know that's until it gets there, it's going to be a hard slog for the Rocks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, Gareth gets a coach of the coach of the year vote simply for that win in Plymouth. <laughs> yeah. um, to go down there, you know, play at three o'clock in the afternoon, having played at seven o'clock at Bristol and being destroyed with a bunch of young guys who, who are really thinking what's going on and then to play 45 minutes yeah. Yeah. his team and I, I recognise that from a, from a certain guy I used to be close to yeah. you know, to say oh stuff this we're not going to lose that way if yeah. we're going to lose we're going to go down my way and I'm going to do it from the front and, and that win was you know to, even to come down from 17 to 3rd what was incredible yeah. um, but there's only so often you can you can do that yeah that pot that, that um, well is not very deep <laughs> not at all and um and Sheffield are a very functional, systematic, efficient team. Yeah. They will beat. They will beat what is in front of them by doing what they do. Um, and yeah, I mean, and Quaidy actually is the one guy who can kind of loosen the, the 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 rocks up and make some shots from the from the four position or the five position, which kind of loosens the defense up. But they are, you know, an American guard, an American forward away from being competitive. And Gareth, yeah. you know, he's surprised me. I say surprised me. That's wrong. He's surprised. He's not surprised me in how he's run the team and how, how, how they've been as competitive as they have with him. But he's, I don't think their talent level was as good as he's shown. Yeah. Um, on their record, on what they had, on what they'd done before those guys. But they're competitive. They can be competitive. You yeah. know, they're going to struggle. I mean, it's a difference between London, Leicester and, and probably Newcastle. Um, yeah. But they're probably two guys short of competing with everybody else. Yeah, um, and that's a credit to him. You know, they're, they're gonna if they're gonna lose, they're gonna lose his way. It's still tough, though. It is, yeah. He's he's he seems to be maximising what he can get out of it. And to be fair, in this game, it was close till yeah. till the second half, and then Nick Lewis, uh, uh, Nicholas Lewis, catches fire uh, in the third quarter, and he actually uh, had um, his his highest scoring game against the BBL team. His previous best was against Reading in the in the trophy in 2014. Um, so. 32 points. They need that from him. He's, he's not quite found that in the way that he was, certainly at this time last year. They do. The, um, the scouting report on Sheffield for as long as I was involved was primarily, you know, Nick Lewis. He can go off for 30 and or he can go off for 25 on 12 shots or he can go off for three on 12 shots if you defend him and you focus on him and you don't let him get off early. Um, the advantage Sheffield have now is that they've got another guy, Helmsley, um, who's another scorer on the other side. Uh, and he is... You know, it's just, so it's not a question of people just throwing the ball at Nick and, and Nick, you've got to make shots for us to win. You know, the pressure is relieved by the fact that, they, they, that um, they've got an athletic scoring two guard um, playing with him. And they're always going to be solid up front because Atiba yeah. recruits guys who are solid up front. Cook, Marsden, Tuck, Nichols. And Lillard is, Lillard is, Lillard is good. Um, he has the chance to be good if he's able to again get used to the rhythms of the BBL season. You know, he's a very competitive guy. Certainly, in the games they played at the arena, he's kind of he appeared to be the leader of the group. So, uh, yeah, I like what Sheffield having. Sheffield, you know, you always think, well, they're they're not, you know, they're not making any statement wins or they're, or they're, they're dropping games here and there. And they go to Leicester and they lose by ten and they weren't really that close, or whatever. But then you look at them and they're five and two. Mm. You know, and they're beating teams that they're meant to beat, and they're staying, you know, and they're staying, you know, competitive, and staying at the top end of the league. Mm. So um, I think they will get better. They probably, they probably need Nichols to make a jump, mm. um, and 
a little bit more consistently out of Cork, um, but they have a, a shot at being certainly top four. So uh, moving on to the to the final game, Manchester against Plymouth, and this one was an interesting one to me because uh, Porter Bunton's just had a baby, so he wasn't there for for not for Plymouth. Plymouth. Yeah, well, no, no. And, uh, no. Um, but uh, the thing I found with, with Plymouth is who's the next guy? Uh, Hamilton is uh, tremendous and, and playing really well this season. And who is the next guy? And if you look at the numbers, there's just a bunch of guys on eight, nine points a game. So the, there's no obvious second guy. He's got, the, he's got the chance, if you like, to be that one and obviously not not there tonight would one of the other guys tonight it was, it was neighbor but i just that that's my thing with plymouth is who's that who's who's the number two well in theory hamilton should be the number two and lawrence should be the number well one. yeah 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 yeah. but you know we've but pj seems to be quite despondent about um when it is they're going to get lawrence they're going to review it i think at the end of the christmas period but you know then probably 10 games into the league season by then yeah over the season that's really tough um and, you know, they, they, I think they started with one guard today, and that was Elvisi, and Elvisi was over 10 today, so he wasn't, didn't have his best game. Um, and then you look at all the other guys who've provided kind of little bits. You know, Beastie can shoot the three. Um, Sentence is kind of the baby rookie who's playing. He was great one game, he might drop 15 points in 12 minutes. Then the next game, you, you kind of don't really notice him. And the big guy, obviously, is a, is a defensive presence, not an offensive presence. Mm. Um, so they don't have any real room for manoeuvre. They don't have any margin for error at this point with that group. And, you know, they, they I think they've lost three games now. The, the yeah. Two and three. Two and three, and, yeah. You know, to be honest, the, you know, Newcastle really should have beaten them down there. Newcastle mm. missed 21 threes in a row and lost by a point. Yeah. Um, so they could be one of four. They, they won the game, credit to them. So, you know, 59s were pots and pounds, etc. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. But yeah. ultimately, you know, the... The games are coming thick and fast, and the the the, the roster isn't quite uh, standing up to them. But that's yeah. tough because they played London, yeah. and they played London again, you know, and they dropped the game against Glasgow, which must have been yeah. an, absolute, an absolute killer um, to take. And then suddenly they're on the road to Manchester to play against a team in that gym who likes to shoot the ball and jump up and down, yeah, 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 and jump up and down, you know, and and who had a coming off a great win against Surrey in the week. So that's the BBL. It's tough. Yeah. You know, you would, if you if you ask for people's impressions, you wouldn't think that Sheffield were three and two and Plymouth were two and three. Yeah, true. You know, but they are, and, that, yeah. and, 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 and they're the only numbers that matter in, in, in the game. Newcastle are kind of slightly fortunate, four and one after today, and, and Leicester obviously are, are, are cruising along without without a loss. So I, I think they need they have sit there a little bit like Worcester. They have a little bit more depth, but their games, their um. They're going to have to grind out wins, yeah. and I'm not with what they've got at the moment. And I'm not sure that it's you know a roster which is built to grind out wins. They they have space. I mean, they have slots. They have spots. There are Americans who could come in. They have, as you say, Porter Button, who is another guy. One thing though, um, Ubiaro mm. has, has played. Has yeah. Really yeah, uh, he has. Yeah. To the point whereby he's, you know, you look at Ubiaro and you look at Porter Bunton and you wonder who was the guy who went to Kentucky. Who would you see? <laughs> um, and the two guys that have really made a jump at the beginning of this year, who I didn't think we probably didn't see coming, were, were him at Plymouth and Walsh at, um, at Surrey. Yeah. Um, yeah. The two guys have come different routes. 
Um, but Ubiaro's athleticism is, you know, is, is high level and his skills have increased to the point whereby he's a, a good foul shooter and he's comfortable shooting a three. So um, it might be interesting to see what kind of role he gets and hope he isn't pushed down if Plymouth do bring in other guys. Um, Brady, four fouls in the, in the first half for, for, for Manchester. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And again, this, we, we touched on it in, in, in the previous game. But in some ways, that, uh, that didn't really hurt them at all because it's, uh, eBay and Ocherobi had combined for 10 points and Brady never came back on, on, on the court after, after going down. And you would think, oh, they've got a bit of a hole in the middle there and there was no way of taking advantage. And actually what they had was just more athleticism, more up and down, if you like. Yeah, and, and this is the, this is the, the thing. I mean, the... The advantage of a great rebounder is that you get a great rebounder. And against, I think Newcastle, had 25 and 20 or something like that, 27 and 20, and 11 offensive rebounds. And you get a great rebound. But to, get, to be a great rebounder, you have to be in there under the rim. And that involves taking up space. And this was the, the Willie Clayton thing from a couple mm. of years ago. You take up a ton of space. But that means you've also got a defender there, and the defender's taking up a ton of space. So that takes away the driving lanes for the guys on the perimeter um, to get to the rim. So today, Jordan Whelan, who is as athletic and as, as skilled a driver of the basketball, especially going to his right, mm. as there is certainly amongst the British guys in the league, has gone off for 20, 25 points. 25 points, yeah. Because there's no big guy guarding Brady who's, who's, who's able to, to stand next to stand and fill in the lane. And Hexham, who is your stretch four, has also gone off because there's more space. Um, so... You know, sometimes the, the rebounding numbers, it's a great advantage to a player to have a player who can do that when you need it. But sometimes it doesn't always help. Mm. You know, it's great that he gets them. But, you know, maybe you make more shots, particularly offensively, you make more shots um, if he's not there in the first place. and You can stretch the floor. It's the, the argument between the, the power five and the stretch five, and it'll go on forever. And no, there's never yeah, a right No, there isn't. Uh, there isn't. So just uh, just before we finish, uh, that that sort of question on uh, on Manchester. I think as they came through that group, everybody went well, but they were in the easy group, and Cheshire had no team through through the thing. And is this team for real? What what do we make of them? And then within a couple of days, they've come close to beating London in London, and they've beaten Plymouth relatively comfortably in that fourth quarter. They they, they kept them at arms arms length. What do you what do you make of Manchester? Their, their talent is for real. There's no question about that. And and Danny's not playing too many guys, so he so they're getting the chance to play together. He's um, both been hurt, I think, because um, he's not played the last few games. And he'll be an extra body for them as well. Um, and there is nobody on that team you can look at and say, okay, he can shoot. I don't mind letting him shoot the basketball. Yeah, you know, um, their um, issue will be. Affiliation to, to to the league and to how they, how all the guys blend together, stay together, and how they get used to playing game after game after game. At the moment, they are the archetypal BBL young team: win one, lose one. Mm. You know, play fast, um, score lots of points, make lots of shots, lots of up and down on the bench, and, and Danny has to control that and, and to get them to the next step. So the talent is there. The next level is going to be togetherness, closing out close games and not relying on someone to go off, you know. Mm. Um, I think 
you know, what they did at London was impressive. Even, mm. even what I say about London and their, their first quarter defence, you know, they had 35 points in the first quarter, so they came ready to play. And when those guys come ready to play, they're clearly a you know, serious team. The week before against Newcastle, they were, they were at home, they weren't really ready to play. They gave up a ton of um, transition, despite the fact that you know, everybody knows that Newcastle are going to run the ball back down your throat. And it's that kind of attention to detail which is going to control their destiny. I think they'll make the playoffs. They have to make mm. the playoffs with mm. the talent that they have. Um, and the cup semi-final will be interesting because I don't imagine many of those guys will be used to two-legged basketball. No. Um, and if, you know, if they ever get Hexham and Brady going off in the same game, watch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose that's the other thing, talking about how, you know, it's like whoever's hot at the time, as you say, if they get that game where they're all going, and 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 it could be in a in a in a cup semi final. You never know. Yeah, it it come. It, it's one thing that we never talk about, and people don't talk about um, anything like enough. It all comes down to the quality of the defense and the attention to detail in relation to guarding people and the will to guard them to say that oh, this guy is not going to score on me today. Um, and when you get into those close games, when you get into those big games, it's that team, the team that is able to do that, which will win because mm. they will take away more of the, the other team's stuff than the other team do of their stuff. And so kind of the, 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 the path to being quite good in the BBL isn't that difficult it's not easy but it isn't that difficult but the path to the next step which is winning stuff it, it, it kind of it's vertiginous it goes it, it, it's mm. the last three thousand feet of everest because <laughs> you, know, you, you can everybody, everybody can get the base camp but the, you know but after that um the attention to detail and the professionalism that's required and the understanding of what you're coming into is critical and that's what they haven't got yet and no one can expect them to get that and unfortunately you can't kind of plug it into players. You can't just say, tell them, it doesn't work like that. They have to see it, they have to be around it, they have to be in that environment. And then as clubs, you have to establish which of those guys have got that factor in them to understand, to take that away and make them better and do everything you can to keep onto them for future years, you know? So I think Manchester are kind of building for, for next year as much as this year. Mm. This year, I think Jamie would say is a, you know, anything they get is a, is a bonus for them. Anything they get is an advantage for them. The cup semi-final is great, mm. and uh, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they are um, aggressively, you know, trying to win every game they can. But you know, all the things that they're putting in place, they're a new club. He's put new housing, new you know, yeah. food, players, all of that stuff. That takes time to yeah. get to work out which are the guys that you need and which are the guys you can rely on, and yeah. when, you know, which are the guys you can coach and who are going to listen. So yeah, they're good. They're fun to watch. Yeah, they are fun to watch. Definitely fun yeah. to watch. And um, it'll be great. And they'll be great with fans in. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You said by everybody, it'll be great with fans. It'll be great with yeah. fans. But in that gym, because it's a new BBL gym, yeah, with the history of basketball in Manchester, with yeah. that team, who are making enough noise on the sideline for half a, for a <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they will be. You know, it, it, it could really be a rebirth, and that's great. Yeah, it is exciting. It feels exciting. That, that's yeah. the thing. As as an observer, it feels really exciting what they're what they're doing in Manchester. And as you say, uh, they've got they've got a team that that is good fun to watch. So if and when they do get punters through the door, that they'll get value out of their ticket price. That's for sure when they yeah. when they turn up there. Right. That's that's the weekend wrapped up. 
Um, so we're going to be doing this every Sunday night now for the for the remainder of the season. Not too many games next week, so we should have a, a short blast at it. But uh, it's been it's been great, Dave. We'll speak again next week. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next Sunday. Goodbye. <laughs>